So the last time that we gathered, we took a look at chapter 12 of Matthew, and today we will be in chapter 13. So please go ahead and open your Bibles or your phone apps up there to Matthew chapter 13. And just a quick announcement I'd like to make before we jump on into our teaching for today. Uh, We have a new website for the ministry that's now up and running. Um, The address, the URL is still the same. It's www.aloveoutreach.com. But uh, I'd ask that you please take some time to uh, check out that website and uh, spend some time on there. And we have uh, contact forms and different things on there to contact the ministry. But um, please also, if you use these things, take the time to follow and subscribe to the ministry on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We are on all of those forms of social media at A Love Outreach. So if you just search for A Love Outreach, um, we're on, like I said, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of that. So. If you believe that these teachings um, make a difference, I really hope that you will take the time to share these teachings with others in your network of friends through your social media or whatever it may be. And uh, you will find on our website that uh, if the Spirit of the Lord leads you to do so, you can also support this ministry. And there's a form available on the website to do that as well. Um, There's a lot that goes into putting out the Word of God out into all the world. And uh, I pray that you'd keep this ministry in prayer for what we're doing with that and taking the Word of God into all the world. And we are doing that. We're in in countries throughout the whole world. So if you'd consider supporting the ministry, that would be great. But again, a love outreach uh, is where you'll find us on all the social media and then a aloveoutreach.com is the website. So just wanted to make that announcement because the website is up and brand new and running. So uh, it's just been revamped, but it's, it's up and running now. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into verse 1 of Matthew chapter 13. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole whole multitude stood on the shore. Now, you can just picture this scene here. At this point in our story in Matthew here, Jesus is in a house by the sea. And he walks out and he goes and he sits on the shoreline by the sea. And... uh, You know, who knows, maybe he can get a moment's rest here, whatever. But he goes out there and he sits down, right? But it's not the case that he's going to get any rest because people are following his every move. And they swarm him on the shoreline here. He gets into a boat that's most likely anchored there out on the water. And all the people are facing him, just waiting for him to speak to them, right? And I can't help but to see how we can apply this into our lives today. You see, it says in Psalm 121 that our God never sleeps. This simply tells us that He's always there for us. He makes Himself 
available to us. The only question is, is how often do we take the time to seek Him, right? To press upon Him as these people are doing here with the Lord Jesus on the shoreline. They're wanting to hear from Him. Right? For whatever the reason is, whatever the motivation in their heart, whatever's going on in their lives, we don't know, but they, they wanted to hear from the Lord. Right? And to, to press upon the Lord with our lives is, is to seek after Him, turning our face to Him and just waiting for Him to speak to you. How often do we seek the Lord in that fashion? Right? To hear the Lord speak, we must first seek Him. Right? He, he's willing to teach us if we're willing to take the time to follow Him wherever He goes. And that's what we see these people doing here with Jesus. They, they want to hear from Him. And Jesus, in His love and compassion, takes the time to speak to them. And verse 3 continues and says, Then He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, just pause briefly right here because I want you to picture in your head this parable that Jesus is telling them here. Picture this story as well, right? Picture a man with a, a sack of sorts tied around him, tied around his waist, you know, maybe over his shoulder, you know, with a sack of seeds. It's loaded with seeds. And he's taking these seeds out and he's sowing them, you know, throwing them out, you know, casting them out, right? And seeds that will fall onto the ground and, and hopefully spring forth with life. Okay, so Jesus is beginning to tell them this parable. And verse 4 says, And as he sowed, Jesus says, Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. So there's a, a little overspray, right? If you've ever thrown down seed of any sort like we do in the desert here to, just to get a winter lawn, right? We can go out and cast our, our seed for our, our winter lawn to grow grass in the winter here. But we know it can spray over onto the sidewalks and into the rocks and everything like that. And Jesus says here that the birds came along and devoured that seed. And I'm going to expound on this a little bit later. But, the, but Jesus goes on in verse 5, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? So the disciples of Jesus, right, who had been with him for quite some time now, were wondering why it was that Jesus spoke to the multitudes in the way that he did. Why did he tell them stories like this instead of just coming out very plainly and, and speaking to them and saying, hey, this is the way it is. Why, why do you speak to them this way, Lord? His disciples were asking them. And let's see what Jesus says here. Verse 11, He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. 
Now pause right there. You see, the disciples of Jesus had already come to know Him. They were chosen directly by Jesus to to be His apostles, His disciples, right? The ones that He would use to begin to spread the gospel into all the world. And they still had a whole lot to learn, but they were already aware of many things that other people had not yet come to know about Jesus and the kingdom that Jesus preached about. The kingdom of heaven, also referred to in Matthew as the kingdom of God. So these disciples knew what many others did not know because they they were followers of Jesus. They were students of the teachings of Jesus. Right? And that's what Jesus is telling them here. You already know some things, right? Jesus goes on in verse 12 and 13, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So you see, a follower of Jesus, a person that seeks to to learn of Him, to be a disciple of Jesus, this person will attain to a knowledge of the kingdom of God, right? And not, not only that, but they will continue to increase in their knowledge of God. This is what Jesus is saying here. Not only will you, when you come to have this knowledge, you'll continue to increase in that knowledge if you continue to seek the Lord and continue to follow Him. So what you have will be added to. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. If you're not a true follower, if you're not a true seeker and a disciple of Jesus, then even the little bit that you may know about the kingdom of God will end up just vanishing away, right? Because you've not made it a priority in your life to seek above all else the kingdom of God. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to seek first the kingdom of God. He wants that to be our priority. And when we do, we grow. We get added to, right? We have abundance of of the knowledge of the kingdom of God. But Jesus speaks to these people in parables because they do not have an understanding of the truth, and He knows that. Their hearts are hardened by the world to the truth of the kingdom of God, as is the case today with many non-followers of Jesus Christ. People that have not chosen to become disciples of Jesus Christ, they're hardened to the things of God. They don't want to hear it. They just want to cast it off, right? To know God, to truly know God, you must be diligent about seeking God. He's willing to teach you by His Spirit today if you are willing to be diligent in seeking Him. You know, there are people today that teach about the kingdom of God. That is, people that teach about the truths that are found in the Bible, the kingdom of God. People still teach about it today. I'm one of them, right? And from my position, it's easy to see just how diligent or undiligent 
people really are in their desire to learn about the things of God. People will either make learning about the Lord a priority in their lives or they will not. They'll do it half-heartedly. And they'll wonder why they're lacking spiritually, right? But Jesus had some that were committed to Him and some that were not. And He continues on and He says in verse 14, And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So this is how Jesus answers the question to His disciples. Why do you talk to them in this way? Why do you talk to them in parables? But you see, the Lord had great compassion for these people. He wanted them to learn of the kingdom of God, so He took the time to teach them in a way that maybe they would see. Maybe their eyes would be open to try to break through their hardened hearts, right? To open the eyes of their understanding, right? So He taught them in this way. But again, the disciples understood things that others did not because they were already committed to Jesus. And based on your level of commitment to Jesus today, there's things you know and things you understand because you're diligent about seeking them out. You're diligent about reading the Word. You're diligent about seeking God and hearing from God and and walking in His ways, right? And that's all going to determine how much you grow. Or how much of an abundance you have in your life spiritually, right? So the disciples, they understood what others did not, like I said, because they were committed to Jesus. And they're following Him around. Verse 16, Jesus says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see. He's talking to His disciples here, right? And your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You see, when Jesus came on the scene, there was now a knowledge about the kingdom of God that people never had before. The kingdom of heaven, right? No, no one understood this till Jesus comes on the scene and He teaches the kingdom of God and He preaches the kingdom of God. And today anyone can come to know Jesus and be born again of the Spirit of God and have the knowledge of the kingdom of God that the original disciples of Jesus had because we have the Word of God to teach us and to cause us to grow in the knowledge of Him. And Jesus is telling these guys, His disciples here, that their eyes and their ears are are now seeing and hearing things that righteous men and even the prophets of old desired to know. Right? And, And I would pose these questions to all of us today, right? How well do we know the kingdom of God? How diligently are we seeking Him? Right? Is learning of Him a priority for you? Or do you have other things 
to do on the days that the scriptures are being taught, right? Or in your own personal devotional time. Do you have a devotional time where you're seeking after the Lord, desiring to grow in Him? Jesus tells them there in verse 16 that they are blessed with what they now see and hear. The knowledge of the kingdom of God makes us blessed. But again, is this the priority of our lives today? Now, being the loving teacher that Jesus is, He's going to now explain that story of the sower to us. Right? And, and in verse 18, He says to His disciples, He says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So now we learn something here, don't we? That is that the seed that Jesus is talking about is the word of the kingdom. Jesus says. In the parable, in the story he's telling, the seed is the word of the kingdom. Okay? And I want to show you some things here. I want you to go ahead and mark this page right now and flip back to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to stay right in Matthew here, but go back and find Matthew chapter 3. So we're in 13. Go back and find chapter 3. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. So Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, now keep that in mind and look up one chapter, chapter 4. So we're going to stay right close by here. We're going to go Matthew chapter 4 and we're going to look down at verse 17. So Matthew 4, 17. And it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we're establishing something here, aren't we? The coming of the kingdom requires, first of all, a person to repent. John the Baptist said it. Jesus said it. Back in Matthew chapter 13, we saw where Jesus was preaching the word of the kingdom. And that's what he said the seed was. Okay? That's the seed. The word of the kingdom. That seed's being tossed out. It's being put out there. Right? And the first thing we know about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the first thing we know is that someone must repent to come into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Now stay right here in chapter 4 and look down at verse 23. So chapter 4, verse 23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So 
the word of the kingdom. Jesus is preaching the word of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is one and the same. This is what Jesus is talking about here. The gospel cannot be preached today without repentance first being preached as well. You cannot come into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, without first repenting of sin. Right? That is turning from your sin. Right? Unfortunately, today there is a perverted teaching of grace that tells people that they are in the kingdom of God even if they keep sinning. Okay? That's not the gospel of the kingdom. That's not the gospel that Jesus preached. Okay? This is, this is what we're looking at here is the word that Jesus is talking about, that seed that goes out, and it's going to fall on some kind of ground and something's going to happen to it. It's going to happen, something's going to happen in somebody's heart. Okay, or it's not. Okay? Now, look up at chapter 5 of Matthew. And verse 10. Matthew chapter 5. And verse 10. It says, Blessed or blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does it mean when someone is persecuted for righteousness' sake? Well, it's very simple. They, they have repented of their sin, and they have decided to now walk in righteousness, right? to live righteously. And they are persecuted by others for doing so. But Jesus says here that the kingdom of heaven is for that person. The kingdom of heaven is for that person. So repentance and righteous living is a requirement of being in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Now if we skip down to verse 20 in chapter 5, verse 20 of chapter 5, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So we know that the scribes and the Pharisees were hypocrites, right? For most part, for the most part, right? They appeared righteous on the outside, but but were really dirty behind the scenes and inside their hearts. And if we want to have a part in the kingdom of heaven today, then we must be walking slash living in a righteous manner. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Okay? This is why it's important that we diligently seek God, that we make it a priority in our lives to seek first the kingdom of God. And what? What's that scripture say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Okay? So it's important that we are diligent to live that way. Right? Diligently wanting to learn and to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, that's why I painted that picture earlier of those people that went to the shoreline and pressed upon Jesus. They wanted to hear from Jesus. They wanted to learn. And Jesus was willing to teach. He was willing to teach them in a way that they would understand. And He's willing to do the same today in the lives of people. Teach in a way that they will understand. Okay?
And as we flip back now to Matthew uh, chapter 13, we again down in verse 19 see that there are some people that the word of the kingdom is sowed in their lives. And Jesus says, and the enemy, the wicked one, right? The devil comes and snatches the word away from that person. Now, we know that the devil is cunning, right? He deceived mankind from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? And the Bible says he's cunning. So he has many ways in which he will come and snatch the word of the kingdom from people. For example, he may come and tell a person that they don't really need to repent of their sin. They can just keep living in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and still enter the kingdom of God. Right? He may come, the devil may come, and have a family member laugh at that person or scorn that person for coming to Jesus or call them a Jesus freak, call them a Bible thumper, call them all kind of names, right? To try and get them to come out, to try and get that word of the kingdom that fell in their lives, that seed that was planted, to not take root. This is what the enemy does. He snatches it, snatches it away. One way or the other, the devil comes to everyone that receives the word of the kingdom. I really believe that that happens to everyone. Everyone that gives their life to Christ truly submits their life, commits their life to Him. Satan don't like that. And he wants to take that away. Right? Then verse 20, Jesus continues to teach back in verse chapter 13, verse 20. Jesus says, But he who received the seed on stony places... This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Notice that, that the word is active in a Christian's life. He's saying because of the word, persecution comes. Right? And that person stumbles. Right? Someone might come along and say, if God is this, then why that? Well, doesn't the Bible say this? And isn't there a mistake here in the Bible or this, that, or the other thing? And try, Satan, It's Satan again behind it all. But he comes and he tries to steal it away from a person. Right? But Jesus says, this person has no root. So the question is, is how deep is the commitment? How rooted in the kingdom of God is the person that hears the word of God? When hard times arise, do they stay the course? Jesus says that, he, Jesus says that in his parable here, the stony ground person is a person that is not completely rooted in the word that they have received. Now, I encourage you all to think about yourself you know, as we go through all of this, think about where you are in the faith. Are you fully committed to the kingdom of God? Verse 22, Jesus says, Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. You see, we are supposed to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. 
We can't let the things of this world choke out the Word in our lives. We are supposed to be not of this world, right? We, we have come into a kingdom where we serve a king. That's what we have to realize. We've come into the kingdom of God. Jesus is our king. He's the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, right? Money, shiny objects, the toys of this world can capture our attention to the point where we're not living as citizens of the kingdom, but rather we're living as full-fledged citizens of this world and its system. In other words, we become worldly people. And somehow the Word of God gets choked out. The deceitfulness of riches, they can make you think that you have something or that you've attained to something great. Right? When, when you love money, it is the root of all kinds of evil. It distracts you from the things of God. The things of God like righteousness, peace, and joy. But when one truly repents and comes to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, they have left the love of the world behind. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So where are you today? Living fully in the kingdom of God or living foolishly in the world, distracted from what God has for you? Being deceived, right? Verse 23, But he who received the seed on good ground, Jesus says, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty, right? So the seed is good, right? Because the seed is the word of God, the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom, also called the gospel of the kingdom, again, I'll repeat this, starts with repentance. That's the first word Jesus preached about the kingdom and John the Baptist as well. The person that represents the good ground on which the seed fell is the person that first of all heard the word and then took the time to understand it. So again, they heard the word first of all. And I'll stress the importance of that. That's why I do what I do. That's why this ministry does what it does. And that's why we need to support ministries that teach the Word and put the Word of God out there. Okay, and that's why I took the time in the beginning here to let everyone know, here's where you can access the Word of God on all these outlets, through our website or social media, whatever it may be. But it just doesn't... It's not only me, it has to be all of us taking the Word of God out to people so that the Word of God can have the power and the opportunity to get into that person's heart and change them and give them the things of the Lord, righteousness, peace, and joy, contentment, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus is talking about here, producing fruit. The seed falls on the good ground. And this person received it. 
And they didn't quickly turn away. They were not deceived by the devil. The word wasn't snatched away from them. They did not love money and the things of this world. Remember, Jesus speaking about money or mammon said that no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon being money. Right? The things of this world that take us away and get us away from the Word of God and living as citizens of the kingdom. So this person, the good ground person, is the person that does not love the world, but rather they hate their sin and, and the life that they lived in the world without the Lord Jesus as their King. And they've repented of that and they are committed to Him. They are the person that comes wholeheartedly, fully committed into the kingdom of God. And as a result, like I said, they produce fruit. And everyone's not the same, right? Some may produce more fruit than others. That's what Jesus says here. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. People have different things that they do in their life for the kingdom of God. And we all do what we do by faith. That's what I do. I stand up and teach the Word of God like this by faith, just hoping that the seed will go out and just hoping that people will hear it and that it will fall on good ground and that they'll change, that they'll repent. Because that's what I had to do in my life. That's what everyone has to do. I wasn't born from birth, from my mother's womb, into the kingdom of God. I was born in sin. I walked in sin. I lived in sin. I walked in the ways of the world. But then I repented. And I was born again. A second time. Spiritually born into the kingdom of God. And now by faith I preach that. And I teach that. The kingdom of God. The word of the kingdom. Okay? So like I said though, everyone's not the same. Some produce more fruit or different kinds of fruit. I won't say more, but different kinds of fruit. But everyone who understands the Word of God should be producing fruit in the kingdom of God. So are you, right? As I teach this today, do, do you think that you are in the kingdom of God? Have you really repented of your sin? Have you been deceived by the world? Are you loving the things of this world? Are you committed to being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to go seek Him out and stand and turn your face toward Him and be taught by Him? Are you learning the Word of the Kingdom? Every time we get into the Word of God, we have the opportunity to learn and grow like we're doing today. But have you cultivated the soil of your life? Right? It starts with repentance. And then it requires for you to be sold out. It requires a full commitment. Remember, Peter, an original disciple of Jesus, said, Lord, we have left all to follow you. That's what he said to Jesus. We've left all to follow you. And nothing's different today in the kingdom of God. One must leave all. All. 
to follow Jesus. And Jesus promised them that in this lifetime they would receive an abundance, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. But it all starts within the heart. The good ground or the bad ground, it all comes from within where you are in your heart. If you are hearing this today, you are actually being taught the Word of God, the Word of the Kingdom. Examine your heart and see where you are in the faith. Are you truly in the Kingdom? The Kingdom that Jesus preached and taught. Right? I'll close this morning by having you read one last scripture with me. Turn to the book of Romans chapter 14. And I've kind of quoted this verse a few times already today, but I want to show it to you. Romans chapter 14. And I'll look down in Romans chapter 14. We'll start reading at verses 17. I'll read verse 17 and 18. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say that a couple times, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. So again, if you're in the kingdom of God, then you are living in righteousness. You have peace. You're a person of peace. You have joy in your heart. And all of this is because of the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. You have been born again of the Spirit because you gladly received the word of the kingdom and you repented. You were that good soil, that good ground that that seed fell on. Right? You stopped loving the world and you turned your face to Jesus and you gave Him all of your attention and you allowed Jesus and you are allowing Jesus to teach you by His Spirit through His Word. And we all really need to come to that shoreline. We need to come to that place where we turn our face to Jesus and we allow Him to teach us. And He still says, Come unto me. He says, learn of me, but are you diligently seeking him? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is where our citizenship really needs to to be. That's how we need to be living today, right? You can't serve this world by living like it and expect to be in the kingdom of God, expect to know the, the things of God. So we'll close here for today and we'll try to finish out this chapter of Matthew the next time we gather. But again, I want to encourage you guys, just another brief little plug here. Check out our website and, uh, you know, um, just share the teachings that are on there with people within your network. Because again, it's important that we get the word of the kingdom out, the word of God out that we teach people the gospel, because there's no other way. There's no other way. Time is running short. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is coming back on this date or predicting anything like that. I'm not saying that, but time is running short no matter what, because with each day you live, it's a day you don't have anymore. It's a day that you're closer 
to death, right? And time is running short, and people need to hear the gospel. This ministry is taking the time to put it out there. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have not left us comfortless. You have not left us alone. You have given us your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth, who brings us into remembrance of all things that you have said, that you have done. We have it written in the pages of our Bible here, Lord, and we can know you. We can understand your will. And you are loving and you are kind and and you take the time to teach us in a way that we understand, just like we saw in your word today. You cared about those people that sought after you. You cared about teaching them. And I pray, God, for all of those that are watching and all of those that are listening to this audio, Lord, that have a desire in their hearts to seek after you and to know you, Lord. I pray that by your Spirit, Lord, through your Word, you will reveal yourself to that person, Lord, that person that diligently seeks you. You are a rewarder of the person that diligently seeks you, Lord. So thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you, God, for your grace and that you so loved the world that you gave us, Jesus. That whomsoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus, you taught the gospel, the word of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. And you taught us, Lord, you teach us to repent and to turn unto you to give our hearts wholeheartedly to you and to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy by the leading of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you again for your work. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we could spend here in your word. And I pray that you would have your way and your will would be done in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.